Today on The Breakdown, Poker Hall of Famer and all-timer Eric Seidel goes up against all-time, well, lone guy who's in trouble with the loan sharks. I don't know. Chino Ream, also known for some of his poker play as well, on the Epic Poker Tour, another failed attempt at trying to make poker great for TV. We're going to break it all down right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Now, we can't entirely blame the Epic Poker Tour. It was kind of the climate of poker at the time that led to the downfall of the Epic Poker Tour, right? I actually think we can blame the Epic Poker Tour. It was an incredibly poorly thought out uh, tour. They did something where it was, I think the buy-ins were $20,000. Yeah. And they guaranteed uh, a certain amount of money. No, what the deal was that uh, for... They did a point system, so that way there were four events, and something like the top 40 players were going to get free-rolled from the four events total, right? We're going to get free-rolled into like a million-dollar free-roll. So everybody wanted to play that thing, right? Yeah. And then they had the four events and did not have the free-roll. Oh, I remember that. It was really bad. Annie Duke was the face of the Epic That's Poker some Tour. BS right there. Really bad. Yeah, that is really. some BS right there. But it reminds me of a time. It harkens back to a time when hope was eternal for poker. This was pre-Black Friday. It's like, oh, Epic Poker Tour. Let's take a shot at putting poker on CBS. You know, like, great. Poker's everywhere. There's so right. many bad players, so many places to play. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, and then it, was... it all came tumbling down. Yeah. It the... all... Went away. This is all pretty much accurate yeah. for sure. You will see if you uh, watch any Epic Poker Tour, as I did back in 2010 or 2011. I mean, why wouldn't you? There's a lot of good players. Absolutely. It was yeah. actually only good players for yeah. the most part. But there was some bad play as well. And I certainly remember three-handed. Oh, God. What's the guy's name? I actually know the guy. Joe somebody. He actually won a WPT calling off with oh, Jack. Tehan. Yes, Joe Tehan. That's right. Joe Tehan. Like four bet sh- no three betting with a seven and calling like on a hundred blind shove with a seven off three handed and the guy you know had like ace king or that seems or like whatever. a mistake and he was quickly out of the thing and he, it was like hard to watch you know so that's the breakdown we jo- have uh, we jo- have done the breakdown on Joti <laughs> Joti is a nice guy um, and it ha- was very successful for a long time but wow. Made some crazy plays. He was just pure aggression, right? Pure yes. high variance and aggression, and yes. that that worked for a time. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, that is exactly what he was. Yeah. He was the guy who, just to tell a quick story, <laughs> this really happened. I just like to say this really, okay. really happened. So um, Faraz Jaka, I don't think it was the Epic Poker Tour, but it was something like that. Faraz Jaka had 17 blinds and shoved 17 blinds from like under the gun plus one or something like that. Vanessa Russo was on the button and called. This was They were on the bubble of the Epic Poker Tour or whatever, or whatever event it was. But I think it was like a 20K buy-in. And Tihan shoves like 85 blinds with like deuce three offsuit or deuce four offsuit. Jock is already all in. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa Russo has queens and tanks for about 30 seconds. Like, all right, all right, call. Um, so for us, Jock has aces. Vanessa has queens. Obviously, Joe Tihan wins, wins the pot. And, <laughs> and Vanessa is like beside herself. You she, know? Get, she gets a little upset. Yeah, she does. Now, it is a weird play to do. I think maybe it was deuce four offsuit, but whatever it was, it was a hand like that. Like, Faraz was already all in for 17 blinds. Like, there's no fold equity. He was just thinking he could get two to one, and yeah. it didn't matter what his cards were. That's probably incorrect. Uh, yes, yes. 
Uh, anyway, that happened. So that's the that's the kind of stuff Joe Tehan would do. And what was the sorry to keep going on this? No, but, it's fine. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. So the what was it was like. 2013 or 2012 or something, when Vanessa Russo had her big, biggest main event run. Yeah. I remember this. And the hand that she busted on was where the guy who won the 50K Poker Players Championship that year, guy with long hair. I, can't I know who you're talking name. about. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Either. He's He looks... He looks Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, he does. Yeah. He looks uh, like he's a, a side character from the TV show community. Right. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, he obviously has some success and knows what he's doing, but he played a hand weird against her. I can't remember how it was. I, I actually remember exactly. Oh, uh, do you? Some young kid opens. Uh, she has two sixes on the button. He has queen jack off in the big blind. They both call. The flop is 10-9-6. The kid continues. By the way, the kid is 10-9. The kid continues. Wow. Vanessa min raises with sixes. He moves in for a kajillion with overs and the open ender. The kid... Quickly folds ten wow. nine, which I can't. I still can't believe he just folded Strange. it. I guess Vanessa's well, it's a min three, raise it's a three bet shove. Okay, yeah. what are we losing to? The very Sad. few, very few hands. Yeah, um, I have to assume he was only afraid of Vanessa, not the other guy. Anyway, Vanessa tanks for a while. She takes like a good minute, and it's like I just have to make sure you don't have a set here. Yeah, and finally, it's like she calls, and he gets there, and she's out. And yeah. she was salty. But right. I mean, when I, when it was I a remember, tough spot. I, yeah, it's a tough spot. But I remember she she started weeping openly and said, "Why did you do that?" Did she really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, Are you she, sure? Yeah, she said, "Why would you do that?" And was like crying a little bit. I don't remember. And then that. she kind of got together for the exit interview, but still like was kind of sniffling. I am incredulous. All right, look about it up. That we're we'll, gonna have to look that. We're gonna up have to look point. it up. All right, last story, okay. and then we'll get to the hand. Okay. So Jonathan's fourteen years old. It's <laughs> my father. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, my friend Matt Matros, triple bracelet winner, sometimes front of the podcast. Matt <laughs> sometimes, sometimes he hates. Yeah, I, I met Joe T and through him because they're they're buddies. Yeah. And uh, Matt told me once how he was. I think he had busted some tournament like the LAPC or something like that. And he went over to talk to Joe, and Joe was at a table, and someone had raised, and someone else had called, and Joe had like twenty two blinds. And Joe like looked at his cards and looked miserable and like pushed his twenty two blinds and like the saddest person in the world. Got called by the original person, had like eight six off, and Matt was just like, he just he just can't help himself. You know, he just like has to he's like he knows it's terrible and he does it anyway. And he won the hand, of course. <laughs> it's so weird. But, but he just like he's like he was so unhappy moving in there. Why would he do it then? Because he just does that. He also did a thing recently, I think like a year ago at um some high roller event where they, everyone at the table could pay him $10 and he would show his hand every time if they would pay him. That's not enough money. And so, no. And so he was being interviewed about it. And like, why would you do it for $10? And he says, are you kidding? It's $10. And he was <laughs> sort of joking, but sort of sincere and was actually, you know, showing his hands every time. It's kind but of a high roller event. Yeah. It was at least a 25K buy-in. If it's a $100 buy-in, yeah, deal. I'll do it. Of course. But, like... <laughs> I don't yeah. know about 25K by him. I guess he felt it didn't matter, and he felt like he could use that information against him. But uh, to be honest, I'm not sure if Joe Tehan was capable of using that kind of information against people very well. Well, honestly. anyway, let's get to this hand. I'm not saying that's easy to do when really good players are getting that, by the way. But of like, I don't know that he'd be one of those candidates to do that. Anyway, let's get to it. All right. It was suggested, by the way, by Matthew Archer. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matthew, for the suggestion. This is our first ever epic poker hand. It's there true. Aren't that many epic poker hands to be had, I suppose. I think there's a great Chris, Chris Klondicky epic poker hand we may end up doing it. Claude Nicky, I think. Claude Nicky. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. think there is. He cool. ends up winning that Joe Tehan Ace-7 oh. tournament, but he's not the guy who's all in with Joe. Anyway. All right. Anyway, to this hand. So we're at the final table, but it looks like it's a full ring. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is this the final table? Oh, it might not be the final table. I don't actually. think it is. It might not be. Okay, probably not. Anyway, doesn't matter. Who cares? I don't. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about the hand. And and good old Eric Seidel, this was before his incredible run, by the way, that like vaulted him to the top of all-time money list for a little while. Right. Yeah, by the way, I just said, like, big poker Hall of Famer. I never named him. And now we're finally mentioning who the other opponent is, right? I thought you said Eric Seidel. Maybe I did. Whatever. It's too far away. He's in away. the hand. He's tall. He's skinny. Here we go. All right. He's in the cutoff. He's got 7-5 offsuit. Diamonds and clubs, of course. The optimal hand. <laughs> and the blinds are 15K and 30K. Seidel has 1.3 million, so over 40 blinds. Yes. Sitting pretty nice. 43 blinds. He opens to 70K. This is a bit wide for the cutoff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why Eric Seidel's doing this. He's playing on his image, I guess. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, I think it's odd. Yeah, it's usually in the fold range. I think this is just a fold normally. Especially because Chino reams on the button, and that guy is very active. That's the guy who 7-bet shoved for 80 big blinds with A7 against Jonathan Duhamel. Maybe it's... uh, Wait, no, that's not true. It's not? That's Joe Chung. Oh, was it? Yeah, those are... Wow, those are really different guys. Yeah, they are. Sorry. You are a bad person. I guess I am. (laughs) Chino Reem made a World Series final table, a main event final table. Yes, they both did. They both did. That's true. Yeah. Joe Chung went further and is a much better player. Okay, just say that's that. true. That's yeah. accurate. Um, I mean, Joe Chung's a bit much better player than almost everybody. Yeah, but. and he's probably not in massive debt like Chino Reem. I hope not. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I hope a lot not. of the a lot of your heroes of poker past uh, are in massive debt. So. Even heroes of poker present, yeah, a lot of them are too. It's bad. <laughs> that's true. Uh, it's a dark, dark world. I, it's because there's such a correlation with other gambling. I think. Um, I think that's part of it. I think also, like, a, a lot of the most successful players are very good, but also got successful because they played too high too fast, mm-hmm. and it worked out. And so that's the way they do it, and so they're sort of destined to to ruin eventually. You know what I mean? Like, if you do this enough, if you keep playing above your bankroll and you don't, you're not properly rolled for things, it's not going to work out ultimately. Unless, even if you're the best player in the world, it doesn't work out. Like Dan Negreanu, who at least there's an argument for, at different points was the best player in the world went broke numerous times, you know, right. like people that almost everyone goes broke because they play too high and too big for them for what they have. And I also think they think it's like normal to do that because they see everyone else doing that. It's not weird or a problem um, type of behavior. Lex Feldhaus likes to talk about how many times he's gone broke. Right. Yeah. Like I've never gone broke. You've never gone broke. No, right. But we don't play too high, too fast. Right. We are more reasonable po- <laughs> folks, but we've also are not like, you know, poker superstars. Yeah, we've right. Never had a million dollar score. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. And so like, it's much easier to have a million dollar score. If you, if you're always playing events and in games that you can get a million dollar score, yeah. like, how many times have we been in that spot? We, a few times. Right. Like I've probably been in it like five or something. Yeah. Four. You've probably been in it two, three, something, yeah, something like, that. like that. Right. I mean, so it's like, yeah. So like you got a better chance and a few guys are, it's going to work out for at least for the short term, but long term, you know, you and I have never been broke and never had to borrow money and yep. That's the way to do it. Comfortable, easy I like life it. professional poker player types. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so bad. I wouldn't mind a little more money though. Of course not. Anyway, back to the hand. Seidel raises with seven, five offsuit for some reason. Yeah. Chino Reem is on the button. That's a reason not to do it, as I was saying. Is it possible Seidel just hadn't played a hand from late position in a long time, so he's like, I can just steal because I'm going ha- to get so much credit That is here. possible. That's the I only good reason Ali to Najad do it. Right? even made a comment like, Seidel's tired of, of not playing or something like that. I mean, he... I hope that's the, that's the only possible reason but it's good. The reason is not, to be clear, because I haven't played a hand for a while. It's because Seidel believes his image is good enough that he can get away with this. Of course. Yeah. Because um, I haven't played a hand for a while is never a good reason to enter a pot. Right. Yeah. 
Anyway, Chino Ream on the button has Queen 10 offsuit, and he decides to call. It's not suited, huh? It's off. It's offsuit, yeah. Huh, okay. I, I would think he would three bet pretty frequently with this hand against Seidel. But I'm not in love with this call either. Yeah. Like, I think this, this is probably not good enough to call with. Even though it's against the cutoff, like, we should probably be three better folding this hand, right? What do you think about Jack 10 off? Do you think that's good enough? I mean, if Queen 10 off isn't good enough, how Jack can Jack 10 off Jack 10 off plays be? better and they're deep. Um, it doesn't play much better, does no. it? And you can you have a bigger card. But in it's your a hand. game of marginal edges, so I'm wondering if that's like the cutoff for you as far as calling. Oh, I don't. Th- I I think you have to be. I don't think they're that deep either. Like uh, you said, Seidel's they're deep. 40, 40 blinds. Right, that's not deep. It's not super deep. It's not deep enough to play Jack ten off and Queen ten off. I don't think. If we're a hundred blinds deep, go for it. You know. Okay. Yeah. So to me, this just feels like this just feels like spew, and I'd much rather three bet this hand. So it feels like spew you know. from both players, kind of. Yeah, I don't like any, what anyone's doing. <laughs> I'm not saying they don't have their reasons. They yeah. have good reasons, but based on where we are, this doesn't right. make sense to me. Fair enough. Anyway, the blinds both fold. So the pot's now 205K. Seidel is tall and has 7.5 <laughs> offsuit. Chino Reem is normal height and has queen 10 offsuit. That's correct. Yeah. So the flop now is ace of clubs, ace of hearts, king of diamonds. Yeah. Chino flops a gut shot. Seidel flops a big bagola. Is that a thing? Um, it is now a thing. Bagola? A big bagola, which is, of course, implied a big bagola o nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Good. It's new. It's you new. know what we haven't said in a while? Um, what? Brickatola. Oh, yeah. Well, it's that's been, your thing. It's been like two years. You, have, you also haven't been extremely rude to Italians for a while. I know. You miss it? Australians also have gotten off the hook for a while. I feel like just most of the ethnicities have been safe. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you throw something out about Italians or Australians? The it, thing about Italians. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> I didn't hear what the thing was. No, you were just going to No, let's roll. go. Let's hear the thing. Are you trying to... After what already happened with you in this show, we're just going <laughs> to offend everybody? Is I that think the we idea? should offend everybody. <laughs> we'll do it later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Ace, ace, king. Seidel is going to C-bet, and that seems like the only choice here when you have seven high and this board comes out near the razor. Yeah. So he does. He bets 105K to 205K. What do you do with Chino? You have queen 10 off here. Ace, ace, king board. Um, I think it's reasonable to okay raising would be ridiculous we can call in position with our gutter and be floating i think that's really fine and i think it's fine to just give up and fold too i think those are the only two options raising seems insane we cannot rep a strong enough hand to raise with i agree i think calling is probably optimal i think yeah seidel doesn't hit this flop often enough to make folding profitable we have four outs to a pretty good hand yeah and uh, and we can rep the ace this way later. Seidel's going to give up a lot on yeah. the turn, right? He's just going to check fold the turn a, a huge amount of the time, yeah. I think. Yeah, I feel, I, feel, I feel a call. I feel it. I, feel I, like, like it's I, right. I think a call is pretty good against an aggressive player like Seidel. Right. So Chino does call. Yeah. Um, with, you know, a multi-tiered plan, I'm sure. Like, yeah. plan A, hit a jack. Plan B, rep, it, rep an ace. Plan yeah. B, win, win another way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we get to the turn, Ooh. I want to talk about a place you can... Float the flop with Queen 10. What? Or with any hand that you desire. Wow. And that's one of the values of Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. You're allowed to call without having a hand. You know another value of it? Bitcoin? Yes. Yeah. Actually, it's a Bitcoin-only site, which means super fast withdrawals. It's fan-frickin-tastic. It is fan-frickin-tastic. We do really (laughs) enjoy playing on Nitrogen. We do. The details to sign up are only two. It's just a username and a password. That's all you need to sign up for Nitrogen. Use the link in the description when you sign up for access to Poker Guys events and tournaments and such. And when Grant says the description, he, of course, means the description of, of this podcast. What other description would I be talking about? I don't know. 
some other one. The, the description, description on, on the, the s- back of the oatmeal. I was gonna say the <laughs> description on the Statue of Liberty. Go to www.quakeroats.com <laughs> and then uh, use the link. Give me, give me your poor, your huddled yeah. masses, and then, yearning to breathe and free, put and some, then click put the some link. Bitcoin on the, on the Quaker Oats. <laughs> what is website? happening? Us? Now another thing we're doing is we are now streaming our play on Twitch twice a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays at 4.30 Pacific Standard Time. That's 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. That's 12.30 at night GMT. Which is the optimal time to watch Twitch. I mean, if you got a little free time and you're awake, you can't fall asleep. Yeah, so let, join we, us. We've done it for a couple times. It's been fun. Um, I've played with some people who were watching the stream that I was on, and that, that's oh, a lot yeah. fun, you know? I played with some people who were watching the stream when I had no delay on my stream, and they were nice enough to tell me that, even yeah. though they were playing I don't know why me. they would do that. I would just destroy you. I would just destroy me, too. Yeah. This is like, it was pretty cool. I was actually thinking, if I can find that guy, I might ship him like a little bit of money for like telling me that, because he could have taken my money anyway, right? Yeah. Like so, I'm gonna maybe send him like a little reward. He might be listening. Yeah, if you if you're listening, email. Yeah, of course that's we might get a lot of emails now, yeah. but it's okay. It's okay. There's ways to confirm who you are or not or not, so it'll be fine. Okay, cool. Well, we did that. Yeah. So get on nitrogen. Use the link in the description. That's the most important part. It's so important. It's so important. If you don't do that, we don't like you. Yeah, that's exactly. And you're a bad person. Yeah. That all the things you fear about yourself are true. <laughs> all of your all of your inner demons will come out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so after the bet and call on the flop, ace-ace king, uh, we've got Seidel with 7-5 off and Chino with queen-10 off. The pot's 415000 So it's getting a bit real for Seidel at this point. He started with $1.3 million. The turn is the seven of spades, and Seidel rockets to the front. Yeah. Sick card. He's got seven. He's got a seven in his hand. Here comes the cool stuff, guys. Get yeah. ready. Cool so, stuff time. It's Yeah, it's cool stuff time. That's what cool people say. Yeah. So this part's weird. Seidel decide, decides to continue betting. Yeah, that's he, already a little weird. That's 180000 Now, the first question we have to ask ourselves, is this protection? Is this value? Is this a bluff? What is this? Um, I believe it is a value bet. Okay. You are not so sure, based on when we were watching the video anyway. You seem to lean towards maybe he's trying to get a better hand to fold. I think he's trying to protect slash uh, charge gut shots. Okay. That's my guess. Right. He's clearly not. Let's let's explore a couple. Let's things. Let's do it because that seems that seems like a good reason. And if Chino has all of the offsuit gush shots, which I guess he does, that's forty eight combos. So that's a fair amount of hands that he can charge and protect yeah. against, which isn't so bad. That's not bad. It's possible maybe he's also. I mean, Chino can I guess show up with like eights and nines. That's which, what I was. Which gonna, might have to fold. That's what I was going to ask. Do you think Chino, what's Chino's three betting cutoff with his pairs? Yeah, he might be three bet eights. He might he might not though when Seidel has what do you have like forty three blinds or something? Yeah, but it is cut off to button. It is. You could three bet it, you could call with it, either yeah. or fine. I don't think that's based on us being on the fence on that, I don't think that's a big factor in Seidel's bet. He's not trying to bluff Chino off of a okay. pocket pair between kings and sevens. Okay. So that means the only thing you'd be trying to fold out if you were still bluffing is a king, right? Yeah. So And would Chino fold a king? Right. That's the if Chino has the reasonable kings here, which is essentially king ten suited plus. Yeah. Right. Is he going to fold for this bet? That's a good question, and I think the answer is probably no. But Eric is repping basically an ace or better when he bets again, right? Yeah. He's not saying I have king queen anymore. I don't think he is because Chino could easily have a weak ace himself. I mean, if you're going to bet small, it's okay to bet it. If Chino has a weak ace and you check, Chino's going to bet anyway, right? And we're going to call. Yeah. And Chino, 
I mean, the difference is we have to decide what we're doing against the floats and the, the gutters, right? Do we want to charge the gutters and protect against them, or do we want to let them fire away? Because we know if we check, he's going to fire. We can set us—I mean, we're, we're betting 180K into, what, 415? Yeah. As opposed to, like, if we check, Chino's probably going to bet more, I would guess. And that's not super cool. I guess the important question here is, does the fact that Eric bets a 7 mean that he would also bet a king? Right. Or is that a completely different story? That is a great question. Yeah. Right, because if he's betting a seven for value, then we have to assume he's betting a king for value too. Right. right? I guess then I'm going to go with yes, because I I don't see. It doesn't make any sense to me that he'd be bluffing once he hits a pair. When we think about what Chino's range is here, it just doesn't make sense. So I feel like he doesn't think he's going to get Chino to fall the king unless he does like three streets. Yeah. And we could check and let Chino bluff if we wanted to. So I think we're trying to bet to charge slash fold out. The gut shots. That must be part of it. I mean, I there's mean, 48 combos there. That's a lot. It's a lot. And Chino can have all of them. Since yeah. he can have Queen 10 off, he can have all of them for yeah. sure, right? Yeah. I mean, I and I guess Eric knows this. Eric must know this. He's been playing with Chino for a I while. I guess. I mean, maybe he thinks on top of that, there's a couple other factors. Sometimes maybe Chino has a bigger pocket pair than a seven, and he can fold that out at this point. Maybe. And Unlikely. sometimes maybe Chino will fold some of his worst kings here. Maybe. Maybe to both those things. Because when Eric bets again, he's essentially repping an ace or better, right? Like, it's Yeah. Not... I think I, I agree that's what he's repping. Yeah. So it's weird to call it a value bet when you're repping a far stronger hand than you have. Fair enough. But it's not a... Bl- but I don't think he's bluffing. So what is it? I think it's a value bet. Just because you, you say it's weird to call it a value bet doesn't mean it isn't a value bet okay. in but my mind. Okay. Well, I, get, I said, well, think about how I qualified that, though. Yeah. It's weird to call it a value bet when you're repping something way stronger than you have. I understand. That's not, not a normal time. The thing like, is this. A value bet is simply, though, when we bet, do we want to get called or not? Yeah. Right? And, like, while we're certainly happy with folding out the equity against us, it's okay to get called, too. Right? I don't think he wants to get called. He does not. I agree. He doesn't want to get called. But I think he's betting thinking he has the best hand. Which maybe, means it's a value bet. Maybe, but how could he know? He can't. Yeah. You often, you can't, you almost never can know in poker. Right, I know. Unless it's, you have the nuts, you don't know. It's just odd to think that you could know that you're ahead a lot of the time with a seven here. I mean, it tells you what he thinks about Chino, right? Yeah, I guess he, he might think Chino has just a ton of floats in him in general, and he wants to knock out all that equity. Maybe not even just gut shots, but also like the eight nines. It's also possible he thinks Chino's going to three bet a pretty wide range of hands. And so when Chino flats, it tells him a lot about Chino's range right away. Oh, maybe that means that Chino doesn't have any aces in his range? Like yeah. Chino's three-betting all aces? Um, his bad aces he's never going to flat with. Yeah. And his good aces he's going to three-bet kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, so there's almost no aces and maybe zero aces in Chino's maybe range. Maybe he has like ace-eight suited or something. Maybe. Maybe he has ace-ten off. Yeah. But like that's the only... Or maybe it's ace-ten suited. But maybe that's like the only ace he can have in his range. Maybe. Maybe. So then that makes it much easier to bet here, right? Yeah, Seidel has a range advantage, too. That could be a reason to bet. He does. He has ace-king in his range. He has kings full in his range. He has quad aces in his range. Yep. Yeah. All Chino doesn't things. have those things, really. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, he can, but it's much less likely to. So he has a range advantage, yeah. for sure. I guess, we, I don't know. It's hard to figure this bit out, but... It's a weird bet. We've done the best we can. <laughs> I would... Ex- I mean, if it was me, I would check. And even against Chino, I would check. Yeah. Because... What am I... I mean, if I bet... This is the big question, right? What are we hoping to have happen? We're hoping he folds. We're hoping he folds. Right. We're trying to deny his equity is yeah. what we're really doing here. Um, saying get out of here with your with your gut shot that has 10 outs. Right. Or I guess it has more than that because the board pair 
stuff. So, oh, that's true. A king is bad yeah, for so us too. Yeah, so thirteen outs. Yeah, that's a good point. Get away with your thirteen outs. Go away. I don't yeah. want to see any Broadway cards. Yeah. You know, so don't make it. Let's not make it like that. Just, just fly, fly, you fool, fly. So maybe the main thing he's thinking is I can fold those out, and sometimes, maybe sometimes, I can get a king to fold. Okay. That's got to be it. That's, okay. I mean, is maybe Chino will make a tight fold. Yeah. Because I'm Eric and I haven't played a hand in a while. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. All right. So Chino does not decide to call, so it's going to work out great for Eric. Yeah. But Chino decides to raise. What? Yeah. What? I, I tricked you. I fell for that hook, line, and stinker. Stinker, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very well done. All right. So over the bet of 180 into 415, Chino raises to 405,000. Yeah. My first thought about this raise is why. Why is he doing this when Seidel is uncapped? Okay. So he's doing it. I think part of it has got to be Seidel's sizing. Is maybe. That, maybe is that part of it? Because Seidel bets small. Small-ish. Small-ish. I mean, it's a tournament, and he bet just under half the pot on the turn. That's not that small. I wouldn't call it just under half the pot. Okay, it's 180 to 415. That's a, like half the pot would be 360. So it's, no, it wouldn't. You no, know, I'm saying if... One oh, if a half pot bet, yeah, yeah, gotcha. right. I didn't say that super clearly. Um, so it's it's significantly less than half the pot, but maybe this is a point when people weren't really doing this so much in tournaments yet, and Seidel was at the forefront of this kind of like smaller bets on you know post flop, maybe. I so know, like I Chino's don't... reading weakness into it. I don't know. Um, it is a weird play. I guess Chino doesn't want to fold, and he's like, I know I can't call. I know I can't call again with the gutter here. Yeah, that's that's clearly incorrect. So I have to raise or fold, and I don't feel like folding. I mean, that's what it feels like yeah, all that's happening. I don't feel like folding, but Seidel has a clear range advantage here. Not only does Seidel have a clear range advantage, what story is Chino telling? He's saying I have ace-seven. That's basically the story he's telling. Right. Ace-seven suited, I guess, yeah. is what he's saying he has. Right. So one, that means we have to believe that he called pre with ace-seven suited. He flatted with it. Yeah. Which he's not supposed to do. I don't know if he would have. Right. He's not supposed to do that, though. He did it with Queen 10 off and yeah. didn't love that. It's true. It's yeah. true. So maybe, maybe he would. Um, I guess he could also have pocket sevens exactly, right? He Where might call the flop once. He might that, call yeah. the flop once um, and then spike a seven and be like, oh, I hope he has trip aces. I hope yeah. he doesn't have ace king. Yeah. If he has ace king, we're going to get it in anyway, right? Like he's too short not to get it in. All so. right. But so we're at a total of five combos then. It's actually not too short that you're going to get it in. Okay, yeah, we're, we don't have very five combos. Three, I mean, without regard for Eric's hand. Yeah, there's three combos of pocket sevens and two combos of a seven suited. Oh, because it's suited, yeah. right? So that's not good. Um, yeah, the rest of the story is well, we'd never do this with a king, and we'd never do this with any of our other aces because Eric can have us, and we're in position anyway. It's crazy to raise. Although the question becomes, can he have ace-jack? Can he have ace-queen, right? Yeah. That's the real question here. First of all, though, he has to flat that pre-flop. Yep. Then he has to flat that on the flop. Which is likely. Yeah. But then why would you raise that on the turn? You're trying to get value from specifically ace-10 or ace-9, I guess? That's what it feels like. Seems like a risky proposition. You can get value from that on the river anyway, right? Right. If you want to. I mean, there are if you have ace-queen specifically, there are clearly more combos of ace-10, ace-9, ace-8 than there are of ace-king or... Other full houses that Eric sure. could have, so there's sure. that going for you. But, but but if you get shoved on, like it's a terrible spot. Also, Chino may have three bet ace queen. I mean, anyway. I think it's likely that he would have. I do too. Yeah. Uh, so there's all these things about it that make it questionable. Also, would Chino, like we're saying, really even raise at any point? Like if Sidel goes bet 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 and you have ace queen, you're probably supposed to just go call call call, right? You're not yeah. supposed to three bet or raise. Sorry, especially with Sidel's uh, image. 
Right. I mean, even without his image, it's like, yeah. I mean, yes, he could have ace 10 and maybe I miss out on value if I move in on the river. But I also don't get owned every time he has ace king or king's full. And every time he's bluffing, which is most of the rest of it, you know, he's just going to fold anyway. So right. th- there's very few hands I can get value out of. I'm going to take a grasp here. Cool. All right. This is t- taking another different perspective on it. Maybe Chino's trying to tell the story like this. Disregarding preflop. Let's say he can have ace queen or ace jack some of them. Okay. He's trying to say, like, okay, the stack-to-pot ratio is such, and Seidel's stack is such, that ace-queen is too good not to try to get all of the chips in by the end of the hand. And they're not all going to go in by the end of the hand if I just call here. That's true. Unless I'm beat, right? Yeah. So maybe I can... Raising here is more likely to get action from worse hands than raising rivers. So maybe it's better to try to get all the chips in by raising now than flatting and then raising the river if if the idea is i have to get all the chips in when my hand is this strong against this stack it's possible with chino's image that he actually is supposed to raise ace queen also yeah because he's so nuts that you know people are going to get in with worse aces and other hands like Seidel might not feel like he can fold king queen either i don't know right. if Seidel would actually bet king queen but since he bet a seven i guess he probably would yeah uh and then Seidel may not feel like he can fold a hand as strong as king queen against chino specifically and then you're just supposed to you know so chino's Raising and move-in range is ultimately much wider because he has so many bluffs. Right. Um, and Because everyone's forced to call so much more against him anyway. So he can have more value, too. Yeah. But so think, maybe that's part of it. So then actually Chino can have ace-queen. But then he has to not three-bet it. I know. I think we're going down a rabbit hole here. Yeah. I think it's a lot more simple than that. I Me think too. Chino is thinking, like you said, I can't call with this hand anymore. And sure, Eric is uncapped here. But it's really hard to flop trips or better. So... If he didn't, it's going to be a tough spot for him. So let's put him in that tough spot. Yeah. I think that might just be the extent of it. Yeah. I think I agree. It's like, who cares if my story's bad? I don't know if he's thinking this at all. Yeah. But like, what are you going to do about it? There's right. not much you can do. Right? Yeah. I mean, the issue is Chino's not repping a king for sure anymore. He could have easily had a king up until this point. Like, right. He's repping ace-jack plus and maybe just full houses. Yeah. He might not even have ace-jack. He doesn't know that Eric has a seven in his hand, which yeah. makes the story... Harder to tell. The seven is the key card for him, but still, even if Eric doesn't have a seven, it's only five combos. I know. And it it's might be four. I don't I didn't look at the suits. It's ace of clubs, ace of hearts, and it's the seven of spades. So it's oh. one it's one combo. One combo of ace. of ace seven and one combo of no, sorry, two com- three, three combos, combos, right, right. Three combos of seven. So four total. Yeah. Yeah, that's really problematic. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad story to tell. We just have to fold here. Yep. Okay. But instead, Chino says, hey, Eric, if you're the guy who doesn't have it or you have a marginal hand here like you do, which I guess somehow, I mean, the thing about this raise, we're killing it. But Eric does have a seven, which is so weird. I mean, maybe he also just thinks he just sees Eric double barrel constantly. I know Phil Helmy talks about Seidel as if Seidel is crazy aggressive post-flop in terms of barreling. Huh. I don't know if that's actually true. It might but be. This, this is evidence for it. Yeah. Um, so if you think he's just going to barrel twice kind of no matter what... We're sort of playing against his entire cutoff range still, and we just raise the turn, and like he's just going to fold a lot of it, even if he doesn't believe us really. He can either has to move in or fold, and he's, is he really going to turn this into a bluff in this spot? Yeah. Like move in with nine high on the, on the turn? Seems unlikely. Maybe yeah. he would do it once in a while, but mostly it's not going to work. So maybe this is actually a profitable play from Chino, and he's got outs to do it with too. It might be, even though his story is poopy. I would prefer the board to be different, like it to be like an 8-8, eight, eight, six board or something and be doing this with queen 10 right on the, the, turn. the issue is even if somebody is super wide with their double barrel range even if eric is you should pick better boards to tell a better story when right. you choose to fight back against that exactly like 
this is not believable for all the reasons we just said. Chino, the only hands Chino can show up with here that make real sense is sevens. And we don't know if he would. Maybe he'd be three betting sevens yeah. free. Maybe it's just a seven suitor, which, by the way, he may not be able to show up with either. Yeah. So maybe he can show up with no hands of value here except slow played quad aces. Or I don't think he'd play. Full. I don't think he'd play quad aces like this. I don't know that he'd play kings full like this. Kings full is a good candidate for a flop raise. It is. And actually, it's a good candidate for a turn race, too, yeah. now I think about it. Those are really good candidates. But quad aces, you'd never expect him to raise the turn with quad aces. No. You have, I mean, you have to hope Seidel has two kings in his hand yeah. exactly. Yeah, you can't raise quad aces. You, just gotta, you, you cannot raise. You ha- you're in position. You just wait till the river and move in and hope he can call. You can't raise quad aces, and you can't really raise ace-king either. Uh, right, for the yeah. same reasons. Yeah. Yeah. You're just crushing the board. Yep. Anyway, Chino does it, and Eric doesn't fold. No. No. Eric doesn't move in. No, he doesn't move in. So I think we don't really need to talk too much about why Eric calls because we outlined it pretty well as far as what Chino's repping. Yeah. Eric's a smart guy. He's a very successful player. He thought all these thoughts that we just said. Yes. You know, and he's like, I don't think you have enough value here, Chino. I don't think you have ace-10 here. Why would you raise ace-10? I call. Yeah. Right? It's cool. Yeah. So he calls. I mean... It's a high-variance play. Here's the thing that's really cool about it. Seidel's got like a half-pot half bet left in his stack at this point, right? Uh, slightly over. He's going to have 720, and the pot's going to be 1.225. Okay. so yeah. But still, like the pot is way bigger than his. So Seidel, is, it feels like, is committing to the pot right. with this hand. It's pretty interesting. But is just calling to get it. I mean, now, we don't really know. It, like The question becomes then, if you're Chino, after you see this call, is like, okay, what am I doing on Brick Rivers? <laughs> like yeah. if, I, if I get there, cool, I can shove. But assuming if I hit a queen or a 10, I'm just going to check. Obviously. Because maybe I'm good. Yeah. Although you don't think you are. You don't think you're good. Maybe you have to turn that into a bluff, yeah, too. Yeah, you might. Ah. Well, what, what, we're going to try and get him to fold the king, right? That's our. That's, that's all we're trying to do now is get yeah. Seidel to fold the I king. I mean, maybe fold a, a bad ace. Come on. He's not going to fold a bad ace when he's got this much left, is he? Probably not, but obviously well, Chino's repping stronger than that. It's the Gordon Veo moment, right? Yeah. Where it's like, sure, yes, uh, you only have, he's only got half a pot, so he looks committed, but I'm moving him in anyway, and I know he looks committed, so what's he going to do, right? Veo's going to fold unless he's got a set of eights, which he always seemed to have against you know, certain competition Quick at the World question. Series. Yeah. Is moving in better than calling for Seidel here? Clearly he's calling because he believes he's ahead. His hand is not that strong. It's quite vulnerable. Yeah. If Chino's range includes a lot of the gut shots, is it better to move in to, to deny equity than call and allow some equity to come in? Um, I would say it's really close, and here's why. Because if we're Seidel, we would assume the only things that... The only reasonable... Maybe Chino can have air, too. But the only bluffs he has that are not air bluffs are the gut shots. So you know exactly what cards beat you. That's like true. Any Any Broadway card that... Actually, any Broadway card that isn't an ace beats you now. Yes. You know that. Assuming this is assuming you're actually putting this all together, which right. is maybe being a little generous. Yeah. I don't know. Because if Chino can do this, he can also probably have complete air. Yeah, probably. Um, but the only things we can reasonably be afraid of, I would say, is that. It would suck, though, if like a 9 comes on the river and Chino moves in and we call. And Chino has like 9-10 off. And he's like, oh, you got me. And he turns over like I was, you know, your king is good, and then you lose. Yeah, but there's like there's 13 cards we don't want to see on the river. Yeah, that's a lot of cards. That is, but if we know that Chino like can't help himself and is just going to move in, like with all the air too. So there's 13 cards, but that means there's like you know what 30 cards that are good for us, and yeah. we're going to get all the chips every time. Yeah, but it is also a tournament life situation. Yes, where moving in is a huge pot for us anyway. It's true. 
I mean, you make a good point. It's not if you're gonna call, you could just move in and shut it down. It just this is a, a true game theory disaster moment to move in, though, right? Oh, it certainly is. But I, and I would not be considering it if Seidel had even a little bit more, right? But because he's gonna have like two thirds pot on the river, it feels like it might be a spot where if our idea that we have is that Chino has a lot of bluffs and those bluffs sometimes have at least somewhat significant equity against us. Maybe we just want to end this pot because it's a tournament. Mm-hmm. It's not a cash game. We don't need to do the plus chip EV thing. This is a fair point. Yeah. This is a fair point. If you're Seidel, maybe you're very focused on, I'm trying to win the tournament. I'm not trying to like survive right now. And like, yeah. one of the ways you win the tournaments is a guy like Chino gives you all his chips. Yeah, like, that's true. Chino's the kind of guy who helps you win tournaments. And so you don't want to shut him down. You don't want to shut that faucet off. You know, I don't know, though. You make a fair point. It's not... It, those are good reasons to move in. The bad reasons are, of course, are if you get called, you're always dead. Yep. Maybe com- you're, you're always dead. Yes, like, you are always straight unless, dead. Sometimes you can hit a seven if Chino went nuts with a king for some reason. Seems unlikely that Chino yeah. would go nuts with the king, though. Yeah. That's not what he would do, right? Like, we're calling because specifically we don't think he can ever go nuts with the king. Right. Yeah, no, the move-in is obviously a game theory disaster. Yeah. But- so we, and we still have, like, 23 blinds or something right now. Yeah. So we really have enough of a stack where sometimes Chino's going to give up, which is, I don't know if that's good or bad, actually. Like, we don't have to make a tough decision. I don't know. And also, we may, we may feel like sometimes a Broadway card's going to come and beat us, but Chino's going to give up, and so we get to still have 23 blinds. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's close. It is close. I just wanted to explore that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's really close. It is. Seidel, Seidel though, seems to, like, think, you know, you know, has a pretty clear plan here with the seven. Yeah. That he's bet calling. Yeah. Which is pretty nuts. Pretty pretty outrageous. All three decisions on this street are pretty nuts. Yeah. Well, that's what he does. He calls. Yeah. The pot's one point two two five million. Seidel's got seven twenty. The flop was ace ace king. Turn is a seven. There's no flush out there. Yeah. Seidel's got seven five. Chino's got queen ten. The river is a big brickatola. What? He'll four of diamonds. Yeah. And that's because uh Chino's got a baguette. He's a bagola. He's got a baguette full of nothing. A baguette full of nothing. A little, a little bag. <laughs> a baguette is a, little, a small bag. Oh, is that what that is? Sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. The river's the four of diamonds. Seidel checks. That seems normal. That does seem normal. That's a good card for Seidel, right? I mean, in that, like, based on everything we're thinking, we're like, well, that shouldn't have beat me. Yeah. Like, Chino would have had to go nuts with pocket fours right, right. now, which seems unlikely. Yeah. So if that, if that happens, so be it. But otherwise, th- everything's the same. Yep. So Chino moves in, as you would expect. You can't raise the turn and then not move in the river. You can. You can. You can absolutely. Like, you raise the turn, you see he calls, and you're like, okay, never mind. You could totally do that and save those 23 blinds. I guess. Yeah, you could. Like, we're repping strong here, and he calls anyway. Like, he's got... He's decided to hold on. He's put in, you know, a third of his stack already. You can absolutely give up. That's true. And Seidel is still uncapped. He still has quad aces in his range. Yeah. I mean, if Seidel has... Probably not quad aces. He might not bet them. But he's still got, like, yeah. very good hands in I mean, range. if Seidel had kings or if he had ace-king or something like that, I think he would just call the turn a lot. Yeah. And let Chino blast off on the river, right? Seidel's yeah. going to call with most of his strong hands here instead of move in with most of his strong hands. Because yeah, what's Chino supposed to have? And you're not going to really get Seidel off of, like, ace-ten, which you could easily have, too. Not when you're Chino. Yeah. You're just not. So these are all really good reasons to give up, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, what? Chino's not a quitter. Right. At, so At this or at craps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or the ponies. Yeah. And other things like that. Prop bets. Uh so if this becomes the Gordon Veo problem. Now we're in the Gordon Veo zone of 
Seidel checks. Chino moves in. And Seidel has to think, okay, it looks like I'm calling when I call the raise and I've got you know, yeah. 60% of a pot left. Right. And he moved in anyway. Yeah. So does that mean I'm supposed to fold? Or does that mean I'm supposed to call because it's Chino? I think that's the question. I think because it's Chino, if you made the decision on the turn, I think this is one of those turn inflection point hands yeah. where, depending on the river card, of course, but this is a very good river card for Seidel's hand if we think yes. we're ahead. Yes. Obviously, like you pointed out. I think if we call the turn, it's time to call the river. Mm. And it's not a fun time, but like Chino is still repping that super thin range. I mean, one of the things we probably know about Chino is he doesn't have a whole lot of give up in him. Like, yeah. His whole thing is, I just love to throw chips at stuff and make people fold, right? Like, yeah. whether I have it or not. And a lot of times, I'm not going to have it. So we bet the flop. We bet the turn. We induced. We hope we induced. Yeah. And we checked to induce again. Like, we're playing this. Like, we could have moved in on the turn if we didn't want to get bluffed off the river. But we're giving him rope to bluff. So... It feels like we probably are supposed to call, but it is the Gordon Vale problem. And against, like, if this was Justin Bonomo, I would not love my spot at all as Eric. Yeah. I don't think Justin Bonomo would raise this turn, in fairness. No. But um, I would not love my spot at all because I think Bonomo wouldn't just move in here I with, think, like, with all his bluffs. I think we have to call, absent of anything else. The only thing that is the, the major concern for me, if I were Seidel, would be Chino is leveling us, us correctly and has a wider turn raising range than we think. Or he has trip aces in his turn raising mm. range. But that just seems like a bad idea for Chino just because of Seidel's uncapped range. Yeah. I mean, Chino starts with 70 blinds. We start with 40, right? I mean, yeah. this is going to really hurt him uh, if he gets this wrong when he doesn't have to. He just doesn't have to commit all of his chips with ace 10 here. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if he would or not. I mean, this is another really interesting question when you have that image. How wide are you supposed to be with your raising range, really? Like, like how often do they really hero you? Do the good players really hero you in these spots with worse hands? It becomes an interesting question. Like, Seidel can have... If we have ace-10, Seidel can have worse aces. A lot of worse aces, which he may feel like he just can't fold. Yeah. Even though he can really only beat bluffs. Yeah. And so we're like, cool. Like, I can get value out of all those. Yes, he can have ace-king sometimes. Yes, he can have kings sometimes. But mostly... But I guess the thing with Chino's... Story here though is even if he is leveling correctly and he has ace nine or ace ten on the turn, yeah, he might check those back on the river. He might not move in on the river with those. Once Seidel calls, yeah. By the way, if if you're gonna play it that way, you should probably just call the turn anyway and let Seidel like keep bluffing if he's yeah. bluffing. You know, for sure. Um, yeah. The other thing, as we said, is we're not sure Chino, Chino shows up with any aces here. Yep. He may have no aces. So Seidel is. It's so hard to come up with legit value for a guy who's gonna three bet a lot, cut off to button, right, and. Yeah, it's just so hard. Chino picked the wrong run out, I think. Yeah. Chino just picked the wrong run out, and Seidel does call. And uh, I think we both can clearly see why. Yeah. You know, it makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Chino's basically playing this like it's a paired board, not like it's this paired board. Right. That's what's going on, I think. And Seidel actually figures it all out in the in the moment. It's pretty great. Right. And not to say that the way Seidel played it isn't extraordinary, because it's certainly oh, yeah. an interesting way to play it, and it takes a lot of guts and trusting your read and everything to do this. But when you really theorize it, it is a perfectly sensible call. I like how you said theorize it like that's a thing. We theorized it. Did we? We theorized we it. We thought about it. We made <laughs> we it. Came up with some theories about we, it. Yeah, theorized. Is that is that a word now that people use in that way? Are you being really mean to me for no reason? I it am, hurts my feelings. I'm I'm just opening a line of query. That's what I'm doing. I'm seeking to understand. That's what we do on the show, and I'm doing it right now with you. To seek to understand what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alright, maybe we should stop now. Alright, we're done. Okay.